0: And I think we're live. Who knows? We'll find out soon enough. It is <laughs> Sunday, the 8th of July, and it's just dawned on me that the date in the show notes is wrong. but That's fine. Um, no one's going to notice. <laughs> it's all fine. At least, no, it's fine. Not yet. <laughs> the year's right. <laughs> that's fine. I hope it's right. Um, <laughs> I'm joined by the wonderful voice of Daryl Baxter and his face, because this is a video podcast if you're watching it on YouTube. Um, first time for me (laughs) yeah it's great isn't it Um, yeah (laughs) so see how it goes daryl's voice is one you might recognize because friend of the show greg morris is irl friends with (laughs) (laughs)
1: daryl i don't know if
0: anyone would call their relationship with greg a friendship
1: no no love hate relationship maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) now i want to start this podcast the only way i know how which is by talking about something that's completely unrelated to tech um so the first topic i promise is going to be short it's it's less a topic more a question and the question is is it coming home (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm off. I'm going now. <laughs> Shortest podcast ever. <laughs> oh, um, uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, I hope so. Um, I think it's at that point, isn't it, now where it's actually the first time in what 18 years? So, you know, who knows? This time next week, we could be doing it. Who knows? So, in answer to your question i think so yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) we shall see indeed oh and paul is in
0: the chat hey how are you um i'm I'm not even going to disagree with your point i haven't live streamed in over a month so of course i'm a noob um but yeah it's we'll see i guess who knows yeah (laughs) that is probably the the most sane answer (laughs) yeah we
1: will see and then it's
0: encouraging And then secondly, I'm going to do something really British and complain about the weather um, in that it is way too hot. Uh, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I gave up today. I just stayed in. Because strictly speaking, I am very much a winter person. And I was complaining about the heat like a week ago. And this person (laughs) messaged me like, dude, you can't complain about summer weather. Like... And I'm like, yeah, I can. I can complain about whatever I want. uh, I'm British. 60% of my free time is spent complaining about random stuff I have no
1: control over. Like, come on. Absolutely, yeah. If you ask my friends, they'll go, it's like 80% of my time that I spend complaining. Even Greg. So, yes, absolutely. The weather is just driving me mad now. Like yesterday, I tried to go into town, and I could only take about two hours worth. And I was like, I can't do anymore. So I got to McDonald's and went home. Just (laughs) no.
0: Yeah, I am. You know, it's bad when I have to drink water with ice in it, just like keep me cool. And what's even worse is this studio is on the third floor of a house and it is heavily insulated to the point where it's too hot here in the winter, never mind (laughs) in the
1: summer. Um, I know exactly what you mean because my house um the room I'm in now it's facing the garden and the sun likes to be there a lot of the time so it's just coming right in and this is as close as I can get in the shade now in the room but it's still very warm (laughs) it is ridiculous and there's like a noticeable Mm. change
0: as you go down the stairs of like just relative coolness but hey it's it's the suffering we go through for podcasts (laughs)
1: It is, yeah. <laughs>
0: All worth in the end. <laughs> oh, we hope so at least. So, hmm. uh I guess the first actual tech topic is going to be about the Outpost show because it's the podcast that you created and host. Yeah. Um yeah. mutual friend Greg Morris has been on the Outpost oh, right. show, so if you want more of him, which you probably don't, you should go listen to that. <laughs> 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 but um <laughs> I, in, in preparation for this podcast, I should mention I was uh, doing some research. And what I will say is you're a hard person to research outside of like, your own links. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> and it dawned on me that part of the reason I haven't done a podcast in about a month and a half has been that I've been busy. And then part of mm. it is that I haven't been in the world of tech. Um, yeah. I took a look at my podcast listens and the last time I listened to the BYOD podcast or the last time I listened to any podcast that was tech-related at least, was actually mm. the last time you were on the BYOD podcast.
1: Oh, right. That's a nice coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh, I should wow. scroll
0: back through the archives because I'd remembered you'd been on it relatively recently. I was like, oh, I should scroll back. I was yeah. like, oh, it's the last one I listened to. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that works out. Um, yeah. so, so explain to the audience what The Outpost show is and why they should go listen to it.
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, um, it's kind of that first series of it. And it's all about um, the iPad. So how guests use their iPads in a certain way, whether it's for a profession, um, a hobby, or just, you know, using it to, you know, watch films or, you know, read some comic books. And I try and make it casual as well because I've said on a few episodes on our post show as well that there's a lot of podcasts out there that try and be too serious almost, too philosophical on tech. Yeah. Um, and I just want to make it a bit more, you know, a bit of a laugh, a bit casual, kind of like how you just go down to a pub and you just like, like talk to a few friends and that about like the casual things. And um, I think it's it's been received well at the moment. Um, the last episode with Matt Gemmel, um, it's been really good. And um, I'm going to be recording another one tomorrow, which is going to go out the Monday after. So I try and do it fortnightly um, because I kind of find that if you do it weekly, um, people just kind of get um, sick of it in a yeah. sense. Um, so I think fortnightly is a good way to go. So uh, yeah, at the moment um, it's being picked up. Um, there's a lot of people with iPads, which is great. <laughs> a lot of people doing work on it, which is um, a nice. Um, discovery as well uh so yeah i've got guests booked up until i think about september time Um, so when you think about that fortnightly, it's um it's getting there (laughs) it's being picked up a lot which is nice
0: that's great and so you you said you have discussions with guests about ipads what has been the use case that you've
1: kind of heard and been like i didn't realize people did that is is there (laughs) anything oh god i see um I think one of them was actually making a podcast, first of all, on an iPad, right. um, which really surprised me. Um, because, I mean, I'm speaking to you from, you know, a MacBook Air. I've got my iPad as a second screen for, like, notes and things, and the microphone's plugged into the air. And a few people, like our mutual friend Greg, um, like, there's been, like, solo casts where he uses an Apple Ferrite to right. record and edit the podcast on the iPad. And then uses the exported file um, using iCloud Drive or files now um, to upload it to their you know their uh, accounts, whether it's Libsyn or WordPress, and that really surprised me um, because even though we're so far ahead with the iPad right now with iOS eleven and a little bit of iOS twelve, you can't really do this kind of podcast right now on an iPad. You, you just can't, and you know even though like there's um, screen recording, which is great. It's still a way to go, but it surprised me. The fact that you can, using the USB adapter, the camera adapter on an iPad or iOS device, you can just plug a microphone in or do your AirPods and just record away. Uh, so yeah, that's really the one thing that surprised me at the moment. Um, so yeah, that is it. It's interesting because with apps like Anchor, that's becoming easier and
0: easier to do. You know, mm, and yeah. re- Recording a, at least a solo podcast on a phone is as simple as... Fr- being on a one sided phone conversation at this point. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I think Anchor has a lot of credit, has to be credited for that because mm. the, the idea of podcasting was always supposed to be some random person with a microphone and an internet connection can start yeah. a podcast. Yeah. And, absolutely. And, you know, in the same way that phones are great cause, as cameras because they're the cameras you always have on you, they're also yeah. the microphone you always have
1: on you. Yes absolutely no absolutely that's the thing with anchor because um i did try um doing like a pilot show with anchor um a few months ago and it, it worked out okay um and it was great to edit it don't get me wrong and the update for the ipad the last couple of weeks was great um but it still kind of falls into that trap of you can't really do a skype call and record with anchor at the same time on an iPad. Yeah so until apple opens up that api um we're a bit stuck at the moment but if you've got like a few people nearby that you record a podcast with and you should record it into a room then you know you are pretty much set you really are um so yeah there's a lot of potential there and i think anchor are kind of leading the way at the moment apple can learn quite a bit from them i reckon
0: (coughs) (coughs) I I know that Greg has his personal podcast set up via Anchor currently. Let me just double check my sources on that. He's uh, got a fair few. <laughs> Cause, uh, hang on, where I'll is it? Mine. Pocket Casts. I believe it's run through Anchor. Yeah, it is, because it's got a little Anchor app in the bottom corner. And yes. I, I guess it's a question more on podcasting as opposed to on tech. Sure. Um, but I, what Anchor have done really well, and I think the downfall of a lot of companies that have tried to do the same thing, is that their podcasts do go out to general RSS feeds as well. You don't mm, have yeah. to use the Anchor app to download their podcasts. Yeah. And sure, doing it is great because not only do you get extra stuff, but you can also submit voicemails through the Anchor app. Um, and that's actually really cool I left one for Greg and Greg why haven't you replied <laughs> <laughs> I I remember doing it because it was like I was on my way home whilst listening to Greg's podcast oh. and I was, I was oh. like oh I, I have an interesting question to ask him um, so I don't I need to be specifically to leave a voicemail and then he never replied to it I'm Like, thanks Greg <laughs> Greg <laughs> But I think that I think the
1: question broke him because he hasn't actually done an episode since. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the end. He just set him off. (laughs) That's it. Now (laughs) he's just taken to BYOD. No more. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a good. It it is a good app. Um, It's. I think another advantage with Anchor is the fact that it makes the podcast available in a lot more apps as well. For instance, Spotify. Mm -hmm. So like the usual way is trying to fill in a form and then you're in a queue for however long and it's crazy because with anchor it does it automatically so straight away after about maybe i think a month or so a friend of mine's got a, a podcast back in lincoln and um yet yeah, after about six weeks of setting his up straight away it's on spotify so you know if you've got a subscription or you've got a free account you can go straight on which is fantastic so that's really one advantage of it and especially when you're um, trying to get availability into like the Android phones as well, because it can be a bit difficult going into like Google. I think Google Play Podcasts now or Google Podcasts. I'm, I think they did a rebrand, didn't they? So, Go- so.
0: so Google actually launched a proper podcast player called Google yeah. Podcasts, and yeah. uh, it's 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 not bad. I'll put it that way. Like it's a great first <laughs> attempt, and they they've yeah. already pushed a couple of updates. Um, it's What's the best way to describe this? It's it plays podcasts. That's basically it.
1: (laughs) That's good. That's a start at least. So yeah, if
0: you want to find subscribe to and play a pod, like if you, it's really great for casuals. I'll put it that way. If you have a Mm. friend that you want to listen to a podcast you put out, um, what's really great about it is if they come across it on a web search, right? So if you go, go onto Google and just type in snappy tech podcast, there's a little play button next to each episode. So they can actually mm, yeah. press the play button and it'll open it right up in the app. Yeah. So it's really great for casuals. The search function on it is very terrible, and it doesn't support <laughs> and it doesn't have any chapter support, um, oh, which nein. is why I use Pocket Casts primarily. Um, yeah. But it's great for casuals and anyone who's sort of more seriously into podcasts probably wouldn't use the Google po- Podcast app anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah that's true yeah that's absolutely true i mean it's like you mentioned a pocket cast i mean that's on android ios and it's such a good app it really is i mean i'm like using an iphone obviously and i'm using overcast which is great and um, because you know it's got the chapter support straight away it's got the custom album art as well and um, whereas on ios 12 apple podcasts they've only just introduced chapters and not right. album art so it it's a bit odd and uh even the ui in apple podcast is a bit flawed because it took me a while to try and find the chapters as well um so you have to scroll down and then go into a show more then it'll actually show the chapters which is i find odd um but yeah it's still got a ways to go i think um but overcast is the one to go for really and then after that is pocket casts on ios android absolutely pocket casts i think it's the number one used I believe.
0: I be, As far as I'm aware, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that influx of Android podcast listeners due to that built-in app will affect podcasts in the future. And Because I think so, the number off the top of my head right now that's coming to mind is like 70% um, mm. of podcast listeners use Apple Podcasts. Which, yeah, means, that sounds right, yeah. which means that if nothing else, at least 70% are on Apple devices. Um, yeah,
1: that's a scary thing, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. And and so hopefully we'll see a, a higher percentage of Android podcast listeners as well.
1: Um, yeah, that, that is the thing because, you know, even though we're like, you know, you've got the fanboys on either side going about how Apple's the most used and then Google's the most used. I mean, when you come down to it, there are more Android devices being used out there, you know, because there's so many different ranges for Android from like 50 quid all the way up to, you know, seven, 800. Yep. So there's a lot of easy access for a podcast. There really is. Um, but then again, when you've got, like say with Apple... I mean, there's, there's so many, and iOS can it can range to the HomePod, for instance. You know, um, the podcast can go to the Apple TV, even so. You're not even using an iOS device in a sense; you're using Apple TV. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of you know a lot of range there, really, um, and it also depends, like with how a lot of people use their podcast app as well. Whether it's just on the commute, whether it's on a, a job, they can listen to podcasts, um, or if someone's working from home, they might just have it on the HomePod, perhaps again just listening away so you know there's a lot of avenue there there's a lot of potential and i think especially with the apple podcast app coming to the apple watch soon i think that's going to also open it up even more i think it depends really with the android side um well, I mean, Android smartwatches aren't really the greatest thing at the moment, are they? <laughs> so it's interesting because
0: I I use mine primarily as a notification machine. I don't really do much yeah. more, and it and it works for me, I guess. I'm on yeah, a sure. I'm on like a four I I think it's four years old, three four years old, something like that. So because this came out just before the original Apple Watch, um, oh, okay. And I've been using it since then. And personally, like, every time people are like, oh, my God, Android Wear is the worst thing ever, or Wear OS, as it's now called. Um, yeah, yeah. Whenever someone's like, it's the worst thing ever, I'm just like, well, it works great for notifications, and that's pretty much all I use it for.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. So we- yeah. We- we'll see. But, yeah, I-, I don't remember what I paid for this, but I bought this secondhand off eBay, and I I want to say it was, like, around 200 pounds. Um, and yeah, sounds about right. You know, battery lasts like two days with an always on display so i haven't had this charged since yesterday i only got home about an hour and a half ago and i was out elsewhere last night it's currently on 30 Um, percent um and yeah the thing for me though is the always on display which is like the biggest reason i dislike the apple watch just as a just when i see one i'm like is that not annoying like <laughs> it's like it's the weird wrist dance you have to do to get it to wake up more than anything else. you have to be like come yeah. on <laughs>
1: i want yeah, i yeah. want the time yeah i've done that so many times outside and i just get weird looks it's just not right <laughs> but yeah it's, it's a strange thing because i mean i've had my apple watch since um like the series zero now since it mm-hmm. first launched and only like this last few months that the battery's gotten so much worse now so i can just start wearing it at 7 a.m and by the time it's you know maybe 12 hours later it's on like 10 percent, which never happened you know before right. this year um so yeah the battery is wearing down but of course with watch west 5 coming it's not going to support my watch now so that's kind of put me in a, in a sticky position um because when it first came out i was of the opinion that when it came to you know like newer models they kind of treat it like like a watch shop in a sense which i i'm sure they still exist and do this but still where you bring in the watch to an apple store and they will then you know personally upgrade the watch and then maybe put the latest chip in or something yeah and straight away you'd have the latest features and but you still have the latest you know your same watch in a sense which is great but not so with this because now you have to go and sell it for maybe Ten percent of the price because you know Apple prices when you sell it, it drops like a cliff, mm-hmm. and then when you go into an Apple store, you're looking at the same watch for you know another five six hundred pounds, and then you kind of think to yourself, well, is it worth it? Have I got it? Have I got the most out of it for the last few years? For me, you know. I'd say yes and no, because I think, like yourself, I'm using it like a notifications machine as well. I'm using it to pay for goods in shops and also the fitness, because I'm really addicted to those three rings now. I have to get 30 minutes. <laughs> Everyone regardless. I know of an Apple Watch is like most free rings. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> my life means nothing without three full rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where to lie. I've been out of, I think the calorie count was five... 50 out of 560 and i just skipped around my flat for about 10 <laughs> minutes it was ridiculous if if you've been was still on i would have gotten the money and been on tv <laughs> easily but yeah it, it's um it's an interesting one because they're already hinting about like the series 4 watch that could be coming out in the fall with like a slightly bigger screen and i'm still not sure where i want to upgrade i really don't know um so i'm a bit torn at the moment maybe just use it as a notifications machine we'll see yeah we'll see
0: i still can't get over the, the fact that it's essentially a square as well so it's like something about yeah. the shape of it just doesn't exude confidence
1: <laughs> yeah that's the thing yeah it, it did put me off at the beginning as well because i have had like you know i can't really say this anymore like circle watches let's go for that <laughs> i've had circle watches before <laughs> and um you know when you go to like you know the oval shape of the apple watch it is odd but it makes sense from a ui perspective um but then i remember when i you know used to work at you know a certain phone shop and i would demo the android watches like the Moto 360 and you have like a certain part like cut off yeah for the screen and it was very odd um but yeah it's a strange one um i mean i can always see apple doing it as well you know because everyone fr- for a watch especially they like them in different sizes different shapes you know like the straps have you know proven to be like really successful uh, Not knocking on the names like olive ranch or something but <laughs> anyway <laughs> but i think they they do serve a purpose and i think they're only now justifying themselves um especially for the fitness side as well um, yeah. i think that's really helped too yeah really
0: I guess on um, real life current events and on, while we're talking about technically Android, if we uh, jump over to HTC, um, yeah. the, the, reason, the reason I've got this in the show notes. So um, for anyone listening, uh, HTC's sales year on year dropped almost 70 percent, um, which it has been doing recently. I think... Uh, <laughs> I think 68% is like the largest percentage, but it's been going down for like the last, uh, yeah, 11 consecutive quarters of financial loss. So (laughs) this isn't a one-off, let me put it that way. (laughs) Um, And so the the reason I put this in here is because HTC just announced their U12 Plus last month. And HTC seem to have gotten themselves in a bit of a trap because... I I would say that their last great phone would be the HTC oh hang on, I forgot uh uh what's it called? The M ten? Yeah, the HTC M ten, I would 10, argue, yeah. was probably the oh it was just called the HTC ten. Um mm. I would argue that was probably their last great phone. because um, it I'd agree. Um it it was. It was very well built and the M mm. line had the M eight at least was also yes, just that. oh, it's my it's one of my favorite Android phones. It was my work
1: phone. Yeah, I loved it. I love the camera on it.
0: It's yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah, somehow in the last two years, HTC have gone from pushing the envelope in ways you'd like, such as build quality and camera, to yeah. pushing the envelope in ways which just makes you go, "What the hell are they doing?" Um, The reason I say this is because you know how the power and volume buttons on your phone are buttons? Yes. HTC decided, no, no, no. We want capacitive fake buttons, which then aren't very well glued to the device. Where do I begin? (laughs) They're also completely non-replaceable. They're like... They're essentially permanently glued to the frame of the device, the internal electronics. Mm. And if the like fake button falls off, you, you essentially need like two contact points, like put to <laughs> to bridge the connectors, because <laughs> it doesn't work with like your finger anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous,
0: it's, isn't it? It's just great. I can't take myself seriously just talking about it. In good news, <laughs> though, they made a transparent version. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes I did. <laughs> Every cloud. <laughs>
1: oh, oh my I god. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the thing with HTC. I mean, just to make sure, this drop, what was it for HTC company as a whole or just their phone department?
0: I'm pretty sure it was the company as a whole. Having okay. said that, they did cut their workforce by fifteen hundred people um mm. like six days ago. That being yeah. 22% of their entire employees.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a strange thing with HTC. Um, I mean, I remember when like the M9 was coming out and then they had the, I think it was the M8 in red as well, ruby red, and it looked amazing. It really did. And I remember like the reps coming in and saying about, oh yeah, it's, it's going to be um, like the, uh, I think the Beats um, speakers, which yeah. is really kind of throwing it back. Um, so yeah the beat speakers inside and uh, like the even the ui as well like on the android you know form it was really good because at the time there was so much bloatware from other manufacturers with android whereas hdc did it really well and i love like kind of even just like i'm a big type like topography fan so just having them like with the right fonts and like the different ways and like say the headers the buttons and everything really good but somewhere along the way it seems as though they just kind of you know grasping at straws now and even with the HTC Vive um you know I mean that was such a, a good product and you know when like they said they were going to partner with Valve I mean that was just amazing you know um but they also did a smart thing for a PR perspective because this is around the time where their sales were going to be I think it was like the third quarter that they were dropping and they said and uh, like, oh yeah, with the HTC Vive, we're working really well with the Half-Life team. And then people right. went, What? Half Half-Life? And then straight away Twitter just exploded and they just thought, Half-Life, HTC Vive, VR, Half-Life 3, of course. It's coming. It's gonna be it's confirmed. HTC have confirmed it. And then I I'm sure, I don't know whether it was a dream, but I saw kind of like a stock like climb a little bit back just because from that. And then suddenly, HTC will seem relevant again because of that. But then straight away, they had to correct themselves. Um, And now you don't really hear about HTC Vive. It's more about Oculus, which is a strange thing because you think with Valve and Steam and Portal, all those games there, so much potential. I mean, just screaming at it. Um, But there's been nothing. And because of that, they've also suffered on that end as well. Um, so it's a strange thing with HTC, um, but no, I've seen the latest phone. I still try and keep on top of things. It's uh, it's a decent one. Um, you know, this squeeze thing was <laughs> unique. <laughs> it was strange when you'd be um, you know seeing that in public, and then when he used to demo it as well, that was another thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm curious to see how it will go in the future um, because especially now of Android. Everyone's trying to kind of make their mark with Android now, more so than ever, I feel. Um, Sony is struggling, I think, because so, they don't seem to know.
0: Sony anything. have made the mistake of releasing too many phones. They, they, yeah. they have a new flagship phone every four months, and it's, yeah. just, it's to the point where I'm, I just don't care anymore. And they all look the same. Like yeah. Their latest flagship is called the Sony Xperia XZ2 Premium
1: what a mess of a name what an absolute mess and then they just call that premium every year for some reason which no one cares about and they'll go it's got a 4k screen and people just shrug like alan partridge right okay
0: and and they've (laughs) done that similar thing where they they also had a couple great innovations because whatever it was the sony xperia whatever whatever um was Mm. the first phone with a 1080p display and they were, yeah, and, and yeah. so they, they had these kind of meaningful steps. And then did, again, yeah. somewhere along the way, they just got lost, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they have, yeah, um,
1: yeah.
0: I, I was in a car phone warehouse yesterday, yesterday, the day before, just looking at a bunch of random phones. And they've done the same thing with their power button, where it's just like a capac. it's like the home button on the iPhone so it it, it won't like fall off or anything but it's on the side of a phone so you like click it expecting a real button and don't feel anything like is this thing working
1: so strange yeah it's really odd because they don't seem to know like kind of what market they're aiming for and especially the fact that a lot of their camera components goes to apple as well (laughs) so surely they should be leading in that as well in the camera department and android Whereas we're still seeing amazing pictures from like Huawei the P20 Pro, um, I Wait think OnePlus. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the photos on this thing are really? just ridiculous. They're, yeah,
0: especially the evening photography. I'll yeah. go. I'll go out during the night j- just to take photos, and I'm still amazed
1: yeah absolutely a few friends of mine are really tempted like switching from their i think p10 um mm. to a p20 i'm like just do it i mean you know with the camera it's it's incredible um but yeah that's another thing from sony you know it's i think they could do so much with the camera and they're not um and even with say the playstation side they did like a like a remote play with playstation yeah. and it, it really hypes it up and it seems to be spun by the wayside as well um which is also strange and a missed opportunity i reckon because there's so much of their library you could have on a phone now it's crazy you could easily like, reformat like little big planet for instance and put it on there and share and upload it for your ps4 you know so much potential and it's an odd one, <laughs> it's, it's, an odd one how- and
0: it's also meant that my only tablet as of this because things change is actually a nintendo switch um because <laughs> i have a pc for playing like i'm not gonna there. i'm not gonna hey <laughs> mine's might great as well but i actually yes. did a controller mod so they're now clear and they look oh, well. awesome yeah the clear plastic oh, cost like 10 pounds off ebay
1: it's really wow. good is that is that a purple clear or is it just clear plastic
0: uh i got clear clear but you can get i think okay. it's called atomic purple or something you can get that
1: as yeah. well yeah reminds me like the game boy colors yeah. back in the day Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And the see through control, like, I want all my tech to be see through, to be completely honest. Um, So, those clear controllers, though infuriating to install, totally worth it. Um, (laughs) I bet. (laughs) But yeah, so I have my PC for sort of most games. And then that switch is great for out and about, traveling. Mm. Um, I have Rocket League and FIFA on there. So, I can play, you know, relatively heavy games um but it's primarily like zelda and super mario odyssey on there um and also fallout shelter i don't know why i installed that because i used to because i had it on my phone
1: (laughs) (laughs) some some part of me just went i should start that again (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was the same i couldn't really i had it on the ipad first had it on the switch and just oh no so i'm just I get like nervous twitches and go. I must see how their bottling plant is going on. I must go. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but I've been playing like Crash like last week, so it's probably just on fire now. And I'm just <laughs> leaving them to it. So <laughs> good luck to them. The crazy thing is, like, unlike on a
0: phone, where if you lock the phone, I think it pauses the game. It takes a minute for it to realize you've put the switch to sleep so Mm, if you like leave it for five minutes you come back and everything is depleted i'm like
1: what the hell has happened (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah
0: yeah absolutely i've gotten into the habit of like quitting the app every time i've finished playing (laughs) just so i don't lose a bunch of resources
1: that is a good shout yeah but i tell you what with the switch it's i mean i've got like crash like playing now if you can see that Mm -hmm. that's on now yeah and just the fact that That's a game that I used to play when I was like eight, nine years old. I'm now playing that on a Nintendo Switching um, Switching system. Switching Nintendo. We could, we could, we could, uh, you know, we could. That's the little known German version of a Nintendo Switch. (laughs) (laughs) Only one made, and it's mine. (laughs) Um, But it's the fact that I'm playing Crash Bandicoot Three on a Switch handheld on the train. And then I can continue it on my TV behind me. And it's just mental. And you just can't help but think like, you know, Sony could have done that, you know, ideally with their Android tablets. And I know that we did do a little bit of it because they brought out an Xperia Play, I remember. It looked like a PSP Go in a sense. Yeah, it was a phone with like
0: a fold-out gamepad, essentially.
1: Yeah. And that's also kind of just been forgotten about which i find odd because you know people are trying to have games work on a touchscreen phone still and the fact that they had something like that on xperia play it was just asking like to have all the games on it and stuff you know and it wasn't but the fact that you know i can be on the ipad doing work and then switch to the well, switch switch to the <laughs> nintendo switch and play crash it's great they, I should, they it. should call I, it that the I, switch
0: <laughs> interesting yeah
1: <laughs> Wait a second. name might work <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to Reggie. He'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, I'm totally um, amazed by it. And yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how Sony will do it with their console. Um, because I had um, a guy on the podcast a few weeks ago, and Chris Gullion, and he said a, a, an interesting point how Sony are kind of in the arrogant stage of going, well, here's the stuff and here's what we think will, will be good for you. And you kind of saw that at the E3 conference because it it was such a a weird conference because they switched from the conference itself and then people talking outside on a bench, almost like Question Time or GMTV or Good Morning Britain. And it was very odd. And a couple of games were announced. You kind of saw them before. And it was a lot of horror for some reason, (laughs) which I didn't get. But, yeah, very odd. Very odd. They're
0: also in this weird position where... The, the Xbox is kind of cannibalizing itself because there's the Xbox and then there are people who play on PC and mm. because of Windows Universal Apps or whatever they're called I think they're called Universal Apps uh, yeah, Universal Windows Apps that's what they're called mm. yeah. um, because of that there are no Xbox exclusive games yeah. any game that comes out on Xbox also comes out on PC so, mm-hmm. I, as someone potentially buying a console, I went for the Switch because I wanted it to be able to take it every, anywhere I go. But if I didn't yeah. have a PC I gamed on, I'd probably go for a PS4 purely because there are exclusives. Yeah. yeah. For, for, no, me, for me, buying an Xbox has no point, because if I want to play an Xbox game, I do it on my PC instead.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'm on a MacBook, and I can switch, you know, to a Windows, um, like like system using boot camp so you can like you know boot into that um but you know it, it's it's known like university that macs and macbooks aren't really the most powerful for you know pc games in the last yeah. 18 months really um so that, that is the thing i was tempted with the xbox because of their backwards compatibility because they are just nailing it in that regard um compared to ps4 which is just an odd one, but I'll come back to that. Um, But it's the fact that you can play, you know, Banjo-Kazooie on it, um, like, you know, Ninja Gaiden Black on the original Xbox, you know, but you can still, like, use all the Xbox One features, which I think is incredible. And, you know, they're still supporting, you know, more of those games every month, it seems. And whereas on the PS4, it's just nothing. You've got a PS2 emulator on a few games, but a lot of it seems to be more Rockstar games than anything, which is okay i guess but i want to see like you know tekken 4 or tekken tag on a, on the gate on the system or you know like thrown out there maybe uh, final fantasy 8 perhaps on the ps4 that'd be brilliant but i can't um yeah but it, it is a weird thing i mean the ps4 i'm happy with like you say it's got some great exclusives you know god of war um, uncharted um last of us Um, second one coming yeah. so you know there's a lot there which has got it in its favour but I think unless they try and listen to the fans again and try and bring back what made people go to the Playstation in the beginning with their original games I think there's a lot they could gain from that
0: It's also the the prevention of cross play is something I, I found hilarious because it just I can't think of that without thinking of back when the Xbox 1 was announced Sony were in this position where they'd intentionally delayed their announcement for the day after the Microsoft one um, mm, yeah. because that way they were able to hear what they said and kind of come up with a comeback yeah. and I, I and i specifically remember like a a thing they released from E3 was like a video it was like a 1 minute tutorial video on how to share a game with a friend Yeah, and it was like 45 seconds of intro music and then like one guy passes the game to his friend he's like and there you
1: go yeah (laughs) yeah yeah we're so good i mean they did it so well that year you know because they they didn't really do anything when you think about it they didn't really bring anything new it was just keeping what was already there but the pr spin they did on it was incredible Mm. it really was and xbox kind of just you know walked into a wall in a sense. Um and then I think I remember one of their previous bosses on Xbox, they did a interview with game trailers, I believe. And he was just getting (laughs) just caned with the fact that oh, so if people want to borrow games in things or play their older games, they just go on a Xbox three sixty? And he's like, Yes, no. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'll come back. So no, no. But um yeah, I think now we're slowly seeing like the the other side of a coin being turned now because, you know, we've seen, you know, like Microsoft now doing it so well for the fans. You know, some of the games that people are asking for, like Gears 5, for instance, that's an exclusive. and It'll be on PC. Um, but PlayStation, I mean, you've got Last of Us. You've got Spider-Man. Um, you can you've, you can play movies in 4K, but not games in 4K on the Pro, which is just, I don't that believe That is really that. bizarre yeah yeah um and then like you say the cross play which is all they've said from that is we are looking at it which i'm like really <laughs> okay yeah, that was well. uh, I, I
0: feel like i saw a updated thing to do specifically with Fortnite.
1: um yeah yeah uh, yeah that's the thing it's uh
0: yeah they said we are looking at the possibilities It's like, all you have to do is literally flip a switch. Like, it's not like, you know, Xbox and Nintendo went in and, like, did a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes work. They just, like, hit the button that was, like, allow anyone to play.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is, yeah. It it couldn't be, like, any more easier because it all runs off the same engine, the same servers, everyone gets the same, like, you know, like, items and loot and whatever. So there is nothing stopping sony from doing this as far as i'm concerned from a business perspective it, you, we're seeing a car crash in motion <laughs> from a pr perspective it's it's crazy and it'll make people kind of think again about well if i'm going to get a ps4 I re- and I and this game comes out am i going to be playing the same character on my switch on my pc is it going to work so unfortunately they've laid the seeds of doubt there which is only to their detriment really and it's a shame
0: yeah, and it, it's worth mentioning and Fortnite being... Oh, I should have put the word Fortnite in the title. We'd have so many views right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when Fortnite was first launched on console, they'd accidentally forgotten to distinguish between PS4 and Xbox One players. Um, <laughs> so they'd accidentally enabled cross-platform play. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they yeah. actually had to go in and put in a hot, hot fix to prevent that from happening. And the only reason people noticed is because um, Xbox allows spaces in names and PS4 doesn't, or the other way around. I don't know which way around that is. <laughs> but like, someone like yeah, saw yeah. a space and was like, "Oh my god, this person can't be playing on my console." And then Epic released a statement saying it was a configuration issue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, it's just mad. But that's the thing because. We're in an age where everyone is using their devices in their own way, but they want to play with people that they know. And people know that in this day and age, there's so many, you know, routes to access your games or music or anything now. And when a, you know, a company like Sony goes, nope, we're not having that. We're going to look at it from a business perspective. You just think, I'm not not going to buy your products then. I'm going to move on to someone else who does care about what this is going on. Um, So, that's the thing and the E3 like I say was just bizarre that's the only way I can describe it very mm. bizarre and such a difference from a few years ago um, so unless they do something at the I think it's still going on the Tokyo Game Show in a, in a couple months time when they announce stuff um, or Eurocom I think um, one of those um, interesting to see if they announce any more games or something um, yeah it's a it's a very odd time <laughs> very odd time for Sony and i guess I'm, I'm really on point with these segues today
0: um, i guess <laughs> i'm a subject of odd um the, the note for this um isn't specific to this story but i think is mm. an interesting discussion point which is that elon musk managed to turn a story that, that would have been worth covering had this not been a technology podcast Sure. into a story that is worth covering even though we're part of a technology podcast um, <laughs> because Elon Musk in in just out of nowhere really as far as I'm concerned he just appeared I think what happened is <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk yeah. was like scrolling through the news one day I was like oh this is something I can do something about and just rocked up
1: um, <laughs> yeah here I am like John Wayne just here we go <laughs> in, in the most Tony Stark move he could have made yeah Um, yeah. he promised
0: to send a bunch of spacex and boring company engineers to thailand to help with the rescue of the soccer team stuck in a cave in thailand Um, i'm pretty sure that rescue effort is currently ongoing um
1: yeah yeah from what i've seen they've rescued a few um kids um but i think they're going to try again i'm actually just checking the website now um yeah four boys rescued um but the rest must wait but they say it's running smoothly but nothing about elon musk it seems no nothing about flamethrowers or anything there
0: no also what, uh, was, what was hilarious is he had a very uh, what i would deem a very elon musk way of, of, of approach of like he, he said he was going to build miniature personal submarines
1: yeah, and the idea was yeah. like to
0: get them in personalized submarines to get out. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's, that's very Elon Musk of you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm sure read something like he, he was trying to figure out a way to make an inflatable tunnel as well. So he could just climb yeah, he, out. He,
0: he wanted to pump the tunnel with air so that mm. the air would push the water out, essentially. Mm. Um, which mm. again is great in theory, but requires a lot of air and to get, actually get the pipe down there in the first place
1: yeah Uh, we haven't heard much about that tunnel since so i don't know what he's doing now it was just it was just hilarious i i couldn't help but laugh yeah yeah (laughs) it's such a weird thing it really is um yeah it's very odd um i mean well that's the thing like because you know even now like technologies you know helping is in that way you know whereas it's like the apple watch doing an emergency call when someone's been you know buried alive i remember seeing a few weeks ago and um, there was a car crash actually um tipped over somewhere in america and he was able to use his apple watch cellular model to phone the emergency services and um, his parents as well which is brilliant you know um so it's great that we're in that age now where technology is at a form where it can help us so much like that with elon musk i mean the ideas he gives is perfectly great and you know i'm sure it'll work out but i haven't really seen him you know there um where it's a pr exercise in the merry mini extreme way i don't know um but it's 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 a it's a great thing it, it really is um i just want my flying car though from tesla <laughs> that's really all i want <laughs> all the roads i, them I feel like about. most people want a car from tesla right now but i need to get to
0: making those <laughs>
1: first <laughs> that's a fair point yeah yeah a car would be great right now
0: (laughs) Uh, they have said on i I guess this is related news they have said i think it was last week or the week before there was an internal memo that was released that they made 500 model threes in a week for the first time um and it it turns out the reason for all the delays was there was a angry employee who was frustrated but he didn't get a promotion i assume it's a he because it sounds like a very petty thing to do and i can only imagine Mm. guys doing it um i I like to think that most people would have a lot more class than whoever this person was um (laughs) so this person just started setting fires in the factory (laughs) so because the the factory caught fire like three times in the last year which is what caused all the delays (laughs) And so it took, it took Elon Musk a year to go, oh, maybe it's the guy we didn't give a promotion to. <laughs> oh, there's
1: uh, there's no words there. Just That's just crazy. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's good that, you know, they're finally producing these Teslas and it's great. And I think the Roadster as well that he announced, that looks amazing. Um, but yeah, until they actually, you know, gain a rhythm and try and, you know, produce these cars up to the point where people can just test drive them. That'd be great, um, but we're coming up for about a couple of years now with this Tesla three model, and it's getting into kind of like the ridiculous territory where people have put money down and deposits and huge sums of money for it, and they're just not getting anything. They're still driving their you know Reliant Robins or Vauxhall Vectras. <laughs> I like to I like know. to hope
0: every Tesla buyer is driving a Reliant Robin. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs>
1: Unless it's like Uh, Tesla's next model,
0: (laughs) I'd find it hilarious if that was like Elon Musk's sense of humor of just going, "Hey, thanks for pre-ordering. While you wait, here's a Reliant Robin." (laughs) (laughs) Just a Tesla light sticker just on there, and just go, "Yeah." (laughs) It's the Tesla equivalent of like a a courtesy car from your insurance. (laughs) Like while you wait, here's a Reliant Robin. (laughs) it's <laughs> like the, the logo is only half peeled off like you know when you yeah, go to like yeah. peel something off and it like tears like that's yeah. happened and they've just stuck the tesla logo on top regardless
1: yeah and just try and make it like a bit techy as well they've like stuck like an old ipad one model <laughs> in the dashboard with ios 4 on it <laughs> just, there you go oh. enjoy <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah it's um i mean i mean i I drive and it's great but you know i'm not really keen on actually driving around the uk at all and so a tesla doesn't really appeal to me um but like i say if they start making hoverboards then i will be first in line for it by all means (laughs) because i think they've probably got the most chance of making one at the moment
0: (laughs) yeah we'll we'll see there was the i forget who it was someone made a hoverboard for some ad but like you needed a special surface like it worked specifically on one kind of surface which yeah, is like great magnets. except yeah. you have to like resurface the entirety of the earth now for it to actually work
1: <laughs> yeah it yeah. is yeah. So, like, unless, like, the whole pavement is, like, filled with magnets, then great, you can kicking yeah, your that not yeah. right now. It was, it
0: was essentially yeah. a personalised maglev train.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so strange. But, yeah, I mean, Back to the Future is one of my favourite films, so until I can get that hoverboard working, I'll wait. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I, I guess continuing on the vein of news that wasn't really news until someone else stepped actually before we jump over to this i guess we should answer the question does elon musk doing something and make that thing instantly newsworthy like just by association if so if, if elon musk was to i don't know get bored one day and decide to buy a car which hmm. I, I actually actually know he has a car company if he was to, to decide to buy an a, like a designer coat right i i feel like it's safe to say that news begets news like noteworthy people just get covered because they're noteworthy yeah is Elon Musk at that point where whatever he does gets covered because he's the one doing it
1: yeah I reckon so yeah he'll get a coat he'll then buy a bagel on the way and then people (laughs) put those two together and think he's making some kind of bagel coat what can we do here so, and he'll just do a tweet of where it's a coat that makes bagels with cream cheese on and just fires it like a Frisbee to people.
0: Oh, oh no, better still. it. Like, you, you click, you know, um, Project Jacquard by Google, but like the touch jean fabric stuff. You like, yeah. you like press your coat and it like produces a bagel. So like <laughs> at any point of that, you're like, oh, I would really like a bagel right now. You like touch it and out comes your bagel.
1: Yeah, it just rises. Ah, oh, great. <laughs> oh that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if Musk is listening to this now, please do it. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for our bagel jackets. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I think anything is newsworthy when he's he's involved right now. Um just kinda of like Trump with the politics. If he just mm. tweets something about anything, it's news. You see it on BBC News. So feeling Musk is gonna do it. You're going to see it on the verge, you know, um, certain blog sites, certain podcasts, you're just going to hear about it. Um, But yeah, that is an avenue, though, that I'm trying to get into with podcasts because um, I think it's interesting just how there's been such a sudden leap in the cars with Elon Musk and smart cars as well now. Um, So I'm currently trying to find a few podcasts that kind of like are just dedicated to it. Maybe for someone who owns one as well, that'd be good to know. Um, But yeah. Interesting uh, avenue in the next couple of years, I reckon. Especially if Apple do their own car as well, or Google.
0: I want to stay on the Donald, Donald Trump topic for for just a second. I don't want to stay on it too long because n- nothing good comes of paying attention to Donald Trump for more than like thirty seconds at a time. Yeah. Um, trip, yeah. <laughs> But I, I think the the reason the news is so into him is because the public are so in, like it's 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 like a car crash that you can't quite look away from like yeah, I've just gone onto his Twitter and just scrolling
1: through it, it is it is hilarious oh it's mad it's <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense at all it really doesn't I don't know what happens uh, there's a few Netflix programs of him and um it, it says about how we kind of got the idea of it from a, like a certain governor in 1998, and instead of just using social media, he was using like the news channels, the local news channels at the time. And since then, it kind of got the idea of like if you just say anything, it suddenly becomes news because of the position you're in. Yeah. And now he's the president, which still doesn't make sense or ring true to me in any form when it says president trump on bbc news i'm like that, that, that's not true and it's, it like,
0: it's like you're telling me this guy has the same level of <laughs> yeah. notoriety as all of the other presidents
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he, he's standing to with obama and you know and clinton and i'm like oh god right okay so yeah um but i do think that without him we wouldn't be seeing twitter right now it would have disappeared a long time ago really um because i think he is the one who's who's just making it as a life support machine without it i'm not really sure how twitter could survive really unless you try and make the ads uh more relevant
0: for, for me twitter is uh, is one of those things where the concept of twitter will always be around um even yeah. if it isn't twitter itself and i guess yeah. um what's it called uh wait i know this i haven't used my account in too- so long that i forgot my name mastodon <laughs> is that the name of it they, yeah, they were like, I used that. like twitter 2.0 yes. yeah mastodon <laughs> yeah
1: that's it um yeah. that's
0: good so i i think something like that would have been had twitter died there would be like a twitter 2.0 essentially um yeah and the thing with mastodon is it's not designed to make money it's just an open source piece of whatever that's um, it yeah because i think realistically a company like twitter just won't make money um, but right, it's, the, yeah. it's the kind of thing that won't go away. So it either has to belong to Google, who don't really care. I mean, look at Google+. Plus. Um, oh, no, Google Plus. <laughs> or oh. it has to be um, open source and not trying to be monetized. Yeah. <clears throat> and in what I can only describe as the best segue I'll ever make on this show, there is <laughs> a great Donald Trump tweet. Um, where he talks about and i'm quoting him right here twitter is getting rid of fake accounts at a record pace (laughs) (laughs) which really nicely segues into our article of twitter is deleting roughly a million accounts a day
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, i don't think that's true in any way a million accounts i mean I, I, I go on it like now and again and of course with Twitter it, there's a lot of World Cup um, tweets would you believe um <laughs> world is this just a really large cup is that what it is like i think it's i think it's the world mug yes um it's a lovely mug (laughs) people are loving it it's coming home apparently i don't know where which home it's going to but i wish them well in their home on, Um, on a quick side note sorry really quickly i just want to point out
0: how can you invent a sport yet only win the main competition once
1: that's all i'm saying carry on yeah yeah a total fair point yeah absolutely yeah i mean when i start when i joined twitter in twenty two thousand nine, 2009 even it was it was great i mean i, I kind of like came across actually when i used to use the app a tweety um a third party twitter app, and it was great since you know you you would have like maybe a tweet every five minutes and stuff and and that was it And then you'd have people who would, because they wanted the news on Twitter, would you believe? So they tried to get an RSS news feed into a a Twitter account and then you could see it. I'm like, oh, wow, I can actually see BBC News articles and breaking news on Twitter. And now it's just like a common thing now. But, you know, we're at a point where we've got to like mute a lot of accounts and a lot of words and try and ignore a lot of the noise as well because you can get really, like, mentally affected by it. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if, like, you know, because I've just decided I'm the like, past month I'm going to do full-time freelance writing and the podcasting. And when I'm seeing, like, tweets, like, just going, oh, yeah, I've got I'm got this writer's job and it's great and, you know, I'm here now and look at me at this event. And, you know, for some people, I mean, not me, but some people, it will, you know, dampen their, you know, enthusiasm as an encouragement and think well if they're doing that on twitter and they've got all their thousands of followers then you know how am i got hope in this and you know at the end of the day you do have a hope you know you just got to do it and you just got to like kind of block out that noise you know the noise has always been there you're just watching it now on a smartphone or a smart device that's the only difference now in 2018 yeah, but the
0: noise now follows you
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so you've just got to you know by all means look at the noise but don't read into it and just focus on you and just go you know just don't get any distractions um that's my helpful hint for the day of life um so if you want any more you can join me on twitter um (laughs) if you want to hear about how you shouldn't use twitter follow daryl on twitter (laughs) at daryl baxter enjoy but no it, it's i mean i have unfollowed a lot of accounts not a million accounts but a few where you know a lot of people um how can i put this without you know people like a lot of drama out there you know and i think sometimes you just got to mute the noise and just focus on what you're going to be doing if you enjoy it just go for it it doesn't matter if there's three people four people listening or watching to whatever you're doing it doesn't matter it's more than zero at the end of the day. And if you're enjoying it as well, and no one's listening to it or reading it, who cares? If you're happy with it, go for it. So that's kind of the thing with Twitter at the moment. Um, it's a good RSS feed for news. And, you know, there's a lot of people we, we can connect with. I mean, we did with uh, Twitter anyway. Um, so it, it's a very big uh, double edged sword, really. Um, kind of Darth Maul double edged lightsaber, really, in a sense. Because it can help you, but it can also really hinder you as well. You just got to try and balance it. And I think the thing that people forget, and I did a Instagram post about this
0: a while ago, um, because Instagram is probably my least used social media, okay. um, purely because I don't take enough photos I deem to be share worthy. Um, okay, because I'm usually making videos, and I've actually gotten onto the IGTV hype train. Um, so I'm doing some dedicated content for that, but that okay. is very much been like 90 second to two minute, like quick shows as opposed yeah. to that like 15 minute YouTube video Or this, you know, this podcast has gone up to two hours before. Um, oh wow. So it's, it's more like quicker content for, for the kids of Instagram, I guess. Mm, um, yeah. And I did, I did this post where when I initially re-announced myself on Instagram, cause I'd had the account since since when let me double check this since 2014 the start of 2014 but I hadn't posted anything and so when I actually went to start using my Instagram account properly I mentioned that it was like a place for a collection of highlights and it kind of it kind of dawned on me that wait a second people forget that that is what social media is like yeah. Social media is just a collection of highlights as though your life is like one peak to the next. Like it's only ever going
1: up. And that's not how life works. No. No, it's not. No. That's the thing because I think a lot of the users here um grew up with a lot of the reality T V in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. So just watching that, you know every evening after school, it kind of like got them in the mentality of, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And now with social media... You know, from like say, like Periscope and um, there's another live app. I've, I've, the name eludes me. Um, but you know, you've got Instagram, Snapchat, which I don't really use anymore. That dropped off a cliff after the bad UI change, and Facebook and the quotes and the sunset quotes in Facebook, which I've seen so much of and I've you know been muted. Um, there's a lot of self importance which shouldn't be there. But I think, and I could be wrong on this, but hopefully it's it's true that people kind of like come around to the fact that a lot of things don't matter <laughs> a lot of the news and the statuses don't really matter at all yeah um you know because I'm, I'm all i use really now is twitter and instagram I and mean, then a little bit of facebook um just to kind of like catch up on maybe a you know bits of family and a few friends who don't use any other social media but that's it because i don't have the app installed especially on the ipad i just go to the um, website itself yeah um because otherwise, if you see that F and then you see that notification bubble of one, then straight away it pulls you back in. Um, so it's. I think we're growing out of that trend now. From early two thousand, of big brother and you know I'm a celebrity and things. But um, well, I think it's going to take a few more years yet. Oh, I think it's a start at least. I've been using for Facebook on my phone. I I do have the app, but I don't have the
0: standard Facebook app. I'm not mm. sure if it's available on iOS, um, but there's like a Facebook light and a Facebook messenger light. And so the, the regular Facebook app is like 300 megabytes, 400 megabytes, so some ridiculous number. Yeah. Um, whereas the light version of the apps is like 15 megabytes. And so it gets rid of all the completely random bloat that I don't want because I want the experience of basically scrolling through the website because if you like go into the other services on Facebook it does so much stuff Mm, that no one no one ever really uses and we had a discussion about this on the podcast a, a while ago how these companies aren't happy with being the the thing they do facebook isn't happy with just being social media so they now have like reviews on restaurants and they also do location sharing and they also do whatever random feature um so the stock facebook app is 80 megabytes and the facebook light app is Uh, oh, it won't tell me cause it's installed. Um, let me check. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's available on iOS, but, it, um, so yeah, the, the source, the original app, the regular Facebook app is 80 megabytes. Facebook okay. Lite is two megabytes. Oh wow. Okay. And, <laughs> and it's like, it's, you know, it's essentially a glorified web wrapper. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, okay. But that's, Fine, like, you know, y- you still get access to like, it starts like the stories along the top. Oh, okay. Um, which I hate just as a concept, but, but <laughs> there's nothing I can do. Um, and they're also completely adless by complete coincidence. Well, not completely adless, but they're not as chock full of ads as like the regular version. Um, yeah. And who, the, the Facebook Messenger light has no ads. Um, which is really great, and that's even smaller still. I think that's like one and a half megabytes or something. Um, wow. My, my only disappointment being, I, it doesn't give me um, chat heads, which is like my favorite thing about Android messaging, which is probably the biggest reason I don't see myself switching to iOS. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that and I guess the general openness, um, but I and and keyboards actually, and I'll come back to a rant on this in a second. Um, go for it. But if I I installed Messenger for a completely unrelated reason earlier. So if I open up a chat head real quick. It's chat heads for those who don't know is this thing right here. The idea of having like this little bubble that follows you regardless of where you are so that you can message people. And it is for me at least like it's the best thing when it comes to messaging. Because if I'm messaging someone, I don't want to have to go into that app. Yeah, At one po- uh, for, for 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 the longest time, I actually used Facebook Messenger as my SMS app. Like I'd send text messages for, via the Facebook Messenger app purely because it had chat heads. Um, oh, okay. Because you can set different default SMS apps, and Facebook has offered that. Um, so, the the chat heads were something I really loved, um, and then SMS messed up. So I decided I was going to use. Um, just the standard Android messages because it also has web support and stuff. Sure. Um, but chat heads, uh, probably the biggest reason that every time I see an, an iOS device, I'm like, oh, if only. Yeah,
1: <coughs> that, yeah. that,
0: and I'm also um, not using iOS apps out of spite at this point because <laughs> everyone else in this household has an iOS device. Oh, good. Yet, yet good. somehow there's only ever one lightning cable um so the fact (laughs) that my phone uses USB-C means that i never have to argue with anyone about my charge cables and that on its own is good enough for me
1: yeah that's yeah that's fair yeah that is totally fair (laughs) yeah i mean there are adapters um you know um but yeah it's uh i mean i agree with like say how ios it's you know i've never been you know that kind of fanboy where oh you must like this certain products because it's great and you know if you don't like it then get out you know i've never been like that you know with consoles certain games blur and oasis you know ios and android i've liked it all i don't mind it sounds like a cop-out answer but it's really the case because you know what is the problem in just liking what you know everything that that's out there and because you generally do as well i mean don't get me wrong sony has stumbled uh, Microsoft have stumbled. Nintendo have. I mean, I'd love for Nintendo to have a, like a, a UI refresh or a, or the eShop refresh so you can have like more tailored, you know, recommendations when you buy slides things. It'd be amazing. Um But, you know, everyone has their faults, you know, at the end of the day, no one's perfect. I mean, I want to see better keyboard support on the iPad. Um, I'd love to be able to play a game on the iPad keyboard on a smart keyboard case. Um, But now I I still have to, you know, go to the screen and play, you know, Tomb Raider 2 with all those controls. When I've got a keyboard right below it. It doesn't make any sense to me, you know. And even going back to our point in the beginning, you know, I'd love to do a podcast on the iPad, but I can't at all because they haven't got the api available to anyone so it's frustrating um and i'd love a dark mode on ios but there isn't one but there is a mac os soon so that's just bizarre as well so yeah everyone's got the faults you know a- everyone has but um I have, I have a spare lightning cable though if or um, if, if they want one so. <laughs> i'll let them know <laughs> it's just
0: it just it just amazes me Because like our house is littered with Apple boxes because we have two iPads, three iPhones. um, And then there's like an old, like this box that you can see right there, that white box is for an iPhone 5S. Um, oh, okay. but it's used it's like it's used like as a spare phone um, because everyone who owns an Apple phone in this pho- in this household is also with a locked Apple phone um, we tend to travel a lot um, which means that, that whenever we travel we have to resort to the iPhone 5S <laughs> so, oh wow <laughs> and you know going from iPhone 10 to iPhone 5S isn't the most graceful or dignified of um, journeys <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i bet <laughs> oh i bet yeah that's the thing i mean i think there's a lot of nostalgia that's coming up now for older devices as well and uh, because in my bag i've got an old um, ipod um video edition and i love it you know it's so good and um, i wish i could use my airpods with it but at the moment i can't um but there's people i've seen on twitter who are like buying like old you know iMac the original iMacs from 98 mm. and just seeing how things work or People are like going back to the um, like original MacBook Pros or PowerBooks, as they used to know, be known as before the Intel switch. Um, and even now, I'm seeing there's a YouTuber, um, a, a game guy, uh, I think it's Metal Jesus Rocks, and it has a video of him for 20 minutes building a Windows 98 machine <laughs> and just like inserting like a Voodoo FX card and just seeing how you know Quake works on it. it it's just amazing. But I love that kind of thing. You know, just to see. Because if you've got, like, Quake 2 struggling in 2018, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. But I love it. Uh But, yeah, nostalgia is definitely um, a massive thing in this day and age. And I think it's going to grow even more, especially with uh, with the computers and my laptops and some tablets soon. So, yeah, yeah, really interesting.
0: I have a... Qu- this is a question for you because as a non-iOS user, I don't know if this is just my parents being like my parents, or this is a genuine iOS issue. Um and this is to do with keyboards. So okay. um I I am bilingual as are my parents. My parents um were born and raised in Georgia and then moved over to the UK roughly twenty years ago, which is where I was born and raised. Um but I also I speak
1: fresh prince song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so for so just to give you context, when I wanna switch languages on my keyboard, I use yeah. Swift key, right? So what I do is I like grab the space but R, swipe it to the right, completely different keyboard, all as well. Hmm. Wanna change to English, swipe back, all as well. If I wanna use yeah. emoji, there's like this really nice dedicated emoji button, I click it, there are all my latest used emojis. Um My question is, I don't know if this is a remnant from before iOS officially supported keyboards. Um, Back when I I remember this being like the hackiest thing where you'd have to install an app um, that would replace a language it actually supported to put in a different keyboard for a language that the iOS didn't actually support at the time. And so whenever like my parents go from typing something in English to typing something in Georgian, they like have to cycle through like four different keyboards and they're all they're all like a different keyboard app and for some reason yeah. emoji is its own keyboard like it's not just a dedicated button and yes. it's, yeah. it's just every time i see it it confuses me <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah no i know what you mean because they've been brought out the keyboards in ios 8 so about four years ago and that was a, a massive thing um i mean admittedly i'm still using the original keyboard but yeah i totally get it because even now you, it's so difficult to try and switch between you know different keyboards and even on like on i think on the messages on an ipad when you're trying to switch between like the stickers and the gifs and things, it's so difficult. <laughs> you just can't switch between them. Well, and in like version 12, it's made it even worse. I feel because now there's two separate buttons to either reach the camera app or another one, that you've got to find to go to your gallery as well, which is just right. quite odd. It's very, very odd. So yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: it's bizarre. I actually remember that iOS eight announcement very vividly because I distinctly remember whoever, I forget who it was presenting it. Um, who would have been presenting the iOS 8? Probably Trey Fredericki. Probably. Because yeah. I remember them inviting out the CEO of SwiftKey. Um, like that was the guy who, who was like supposed to be like, so whoever it was was like, oh, we're, uh, as iOS is uh, operating system, it's on the cutting edge. And part of being on the cutting edge is that we now support software keyboards. Like you can have a custom software keyboard. <laughs> I just remember the CEO of SwiftKey coming on, and his first line was, "So we've my mo- So the reason we're so good at software keyboards is because we've done them on Android for years."
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> just like oh, okay, <laughs> move on, moving on. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, there are some there are like some defenders out there which go, Oh yeah, but you know, Apple like trying to take the time and make sure they do stuff right. Now, up to a point, I agree, but there are times like the keyboards that you just go, Why couldn't they have just brought that out in an earlier version? I get the security, but surely they're a multi billion company. They can surely find out a way, even midway through the release cycle. Or you know, just for an iPhone release, much quicker than what they did. Um, yeah, it is strange with Apple, but sometimes they hold back features where you just think, "Why isn't it here yet?" Um, I mean, the multitasking with, with iPad. I remember like people were just raging before the last WWDC, before they announced version eleven. Yeah, saying we want to get improvements to the iPad because right now it is seeing like that it's getting left by the wayside and it's just becoming like an enlarged iPhone OS essentially that's all it is so we want to see some improvements and then you know they actually made a a dedicated section to the announcement of you know there's a a dock you can you know like do like better multitasking features now it's all unified and you know it's like brilliant fantastic then again this year there's nothing with the iPad in the software wise um, because I think they're waiting for next year now which is a shame Um, but yeah apple like to drag their heels now and again but when they do have those features announced sometimes you think okay it was worth the wait like mac os mojave with their dark mode it looks good
0: yeah it does and dark mode is something that i use on uh, the majority of android apps i have support it um and, and the way i the way they support them and the way i use them and i um Huawei has it built into their skin as well now, which is really good, is it's mm. automatic to do with sunset and sunrise times mm. because that's the time it most makes sense for to go in and out of dark mode. Like, if I set it to yeah. like 8 p.m. every day, then sometimes it will be like, you know, today, right? It's still light out at 8 p.m. Or it will get to 8 p.m. and it's been dark for a couple of hours because we're in the middle of winter. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I g and I think the what what's it called? Night light on Windows? Yeah. So the whole like redshift thing um mm. being to do with sunset, sunrise as well, is just great. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then actually the the one sticking point, and I think the one time Apple introduced something and it wasn't too late, um, I'd say it wasn't required at all. Um yet somehow this is this is a feature that like I've heard people raving about, but I haven't seen anyone use. Um, So I'm going to need your feedback on this. And I think Greg said he uses it. Um, It's force touch.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Right. It's because
0: here's, here's the thing, right? On Android, it's just like a press and hold and it does like Mm. exactly the same stuff. Hmm. Because I know, because yeah. because every time I listen to, I say every time I listen to, like whenever it's brought up, I, he brings up the Huawei Mate S, where Huawei tried to do that same thing, and you could like weigh something up to like a hundred grams or something. And I will concede that was completely ridiculous, um, <laughs> but I won't concede the fact that the need for force touch at all was ridiculous. It's like just mm. build that into a tap and hold.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, when it was announced for the 6S, um, I was involved with the store to um, you know, like help launch it and demo like its latest features. So when they were queuing outside, and they still queue outside for an iPhone launch, it's crazy. Um, I would demo the 6S and go, oh, look at this. You can now lightly press on a photo in the Photos app. And then when you press it even more, the photo then pops. And they did that <laughs> demo with um, peak pop and show something like that yeah. in the advertising and like now I, I don't see it used i use it now and again um if i want to go into whatsapp and there's a maybe a message i just want to quickly read um and i have to use it when i'm uh trying to switch between um, the audio on my iPhone and the AirPods because sometimes it doesn't pick it up. So I have to go into the widgets on a control Center, right? force press the play bit, and then go to AirPods. So I use it now and again, and the shortcuts on the settings is great. But like you say, they can just do a, a long press and the same result will happen. And it looks like with this rumoured iPhone line in September, it seems as though one of them is not going to have force touch. It's going to have press and hold, which is already hinted at in twelve. Because there's a way where I could see if I can try and demo it on here. Um, so it's it turns the keyboard into a trackpad, right? So well, let's just see. Uh, this probably won't work, but I'll try. So say if you want to get to a certain cursor, you just force press it. It disappears. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now in the latest beta, you just hold down the spacebar, and the same effect happens, which hasn't happened before. <laughs> Which tells me that, oh, okay, it looks like it's going to happen then for the uh, latest iPhone. So, yeah, it's they should have done more with that, really. And unfortunately, a lot of it was down to them because it has been, you know, three years. There's been a few iPhone launches, a few more software releases. They could have done more. Um, and people forget it's still in the MacBooks. It's in that trackpad on the MacBook mm-hmm. Pros but it's not used. They didn't mention it once. They, I don't think they ever have really apart from when they introduced the new MacBook pros. Um, so yeah, I think it's the feature that we're going to see much less of in September. Absolutely. And I don't think it will ever come to the iPad. If it does, I'll eat a hat and I don't care what hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cause it's, it's, a, it's f- for me
0: at least it was more the impact it had on repairability. Like, yep. you know, if you want to put in a pointless feature, go for it, be my guest. But when yeah. I then want to like replace my phone screen and they're like, no, 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 you have to calibrate force touch.
1: Like is there yeah. an option to just turn force touch off? Like, yeah, that's the thing. And actually it reminds me because, and um, that was a point of ha- having the haptic engine from the Apple watch put into the iPhone. And that's when they said, oh, because of this, we can now expand it to use force touch. But with that, the only thing that's really kind of, been you know made more use of is when you get notifications but it's more customized because that taptic engine is really good Mm. i have to say it's something that i notice all the time Uh, so i think it was kind of like a it was a knock-on effect of having a taptic engine chip inside the iphone so you had that so i think that thing will stay inside the iphone but the false touch itself the interaction will go away um so yeah it is a weird one um but yeah i can see that going soon absolutely I, I
0: just it makes zero sense it didn't make any sense to me at the time it doesn't make any sense no. to me now the no. huawei were actually the first company to ever send me a review unit for a phone and it was the huawei mate s with the force touch and i right. remember getting it and being like why just why <laughs> that, that was my only yeah. question it was a who would use it and b why would you use it because mm, even yeah. the like measuring app which lets you measure like up to 100 i remember using that once like just for like just to be able to laugh at myself for doing it right <laughs> I, I like you know put a couple of grapes on my phone i was like oh look at me i know the weight of two grapes what a great feature and then eight <laughs> the grapes
1: <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> it doesn't make any sense no that's the thing. A lot of manufacturers, like we said with Sony, they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And that is not something that's stuck. It's just been slightly been holding onto the wall because of Taptic Engine and notifications, and that's it. Nothing else. So, yeah, I, I will say
0: um, congratulations to Apple for finally fixing their notifications on that subject. <laughs> like, oh, the, just a yes. lock on the lock screen. Like, iOS notifications are currently at least like the weirdest thing I've ever had to look at
1: Mm. like, yeah,
0: because this, this is my current notification pain. If I, if I pull this down, you'll see there's currently one notification. Um, and even that is just like Google has a semi persistent notification that like pops up frequently about like weather or if there's anything current happening that I should know about. Um, yeah, but like this, this is what my notifications usually look like. It's just my quick settings up top. Um, And yet, I'll, I'll like pull down a notification pane on the iOS user, and there's like weeks worth of notifications <laughs> that haven't
1: been dismissed. What, I might have. Yeah, I, I probably do actually. And yeah, it's crazy because their notifications have been. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'll just I'll just show it. So yeah, just all of them. are still going. It's still going. <laughs> <laughs> it ended last Monday in the morning. <laughs> like, I don't want them. No, it's such a mess. They always have been. I think the only time I liked using applications was, I think it was iOS 9, because it had a nice look about them as well. I'm sure it had like kind of like a, a, a black um, UI with them. And it was really good. And then in, in iOS 10, they just redid them, which made them look really chunky and really fat. And you just thought, well, they're not grouped anymore. They're what they're white they're bulky where are the group notifications then they announced it this year which got a cheer um, but i still think these work because just notification center itself it just seems so badly made you know compared to when it was in ios 8 you had like really like a good design of notification center you could access some widgets inside it um, it was there's some bits that were split i remember and um, the notifications were actually you know split into you know good chunks and you can arrange them well but here it's just it looks like they've just gone we just put some notifications in now oh we can group them now that's all from us this year farewell it's just it's odd and um, I also the group ones work better on ipad um but they're still the same on mac os i mean if i just drag it here hopefully won't end this call because that would be awkward <laughs> this <laughs> is skype anything could happen it's true yeah 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 uh yeah so it's got the same look of notifications but it's still got notifications going back to um, last tuesday of nine to five mac which i don't know why they're still sending me notifications <laughs> yeah just so weird so weird and i love google's approach to them i really do and especially with android p as well i really like those
0: Android P is something I'm excited for, and Huawei have done a good job of updates. And it, it is worth mentioning with Project Treble, the, their mm. idea of separating the manufacturer ROM from the Google Android source. So, the idea being you can update Android without the manufacturer having to do anything, there's sort of yeah. two separate modules.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which should have been
0: the way they started it off, to be completely honest. And that's meant that like eight different manufacturers support the Android beta.
1: Mm, Um, You can get it
0: on like a OnePlus, you can get it on Xiaomi phones, you can get it on a bunch of random phones. And it's supposed to mean that Android updates come a lot easier and a lot quicker. And I've noticed it on my Huawei phone, and that's probably just something to do with the fact that it's the latest and greatest right now. I guess the real test, it will be like two years from now to see if it's still getting updates um but right now on like the 12th of every month i think it is off the top of my head there's like an update waiting for me and i'm the kind of guy that likes getting updates even if it's Mm. like the tiniest thing um i used to on my s7 Edge, i'd install like a different rom every week just for the sake of trying it just for like yeah yeah just
1: being like i wonder what this one's like today (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know what you mean yeah i totally agree yeah, it's a shame we can't do it with iOS in a sense because we can't really customize it a lot, um, which I think is why a lot of people are waiting for dark mode because, you know, there's a lot of access with the apps now where dark mode is everywhere in some of these apps, where it's, you know, overcached, Ulysses that I use, um, uh, Twitter, Tweetbot, uh that's all that comes to mind at the moment but even like you can change the app icons as well you know which is i think really nice i mean i've got the delivery app and you can change it to the pride icon which i've which i've just done because I, oh, wow. I really like it yeah that's cool yeah so, yeah, so I just, i've changed it and it looks great um but that's all the customization that it goes to well, apart from the you know the obvious wallpapers and home screens and that um but you know to have a dark mode on that so on the iphone would be great um i can't help but feel that the waiting until the launch of the iphones in september to bring out dark mode because with the oled screen i think dark mode will look really good on it oh and be yeah a nice I, to as, have.
0: as a user of oled devices i'm i'm sure if you used an iphone 10 i, I assume you have one
1: um, no no i got an 8 plus at the moment ah yeah um yeah.
0: like just the oled displays are just beautiful mm. um especially for dark mode. And most apps have like a dark mode and a very dark mode because dark <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mode dark mode tends to be like more of a gray color. And then very yep. dark mode is usually AMOLED specific, which is actually black, specifically for like turning off the pixels. Yep. Um, so I know that Pocket Casts does that, as does my Twitter app of choice called Flamingo. So this has okay. like a proper, like this is, you know, the black pixels are actually black so when I'm scrolling through Twitter, anything that isn't media. And actually this does mm. that same thing. If I press and hold, I get like the force touch effect. Like
1: SSL, <laughs> <old>, isn't it? <laughs> like all you have to do is oh, press wow. and hold. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It yeah. even gives me I- like a
0: little vibration, you know, like the you know how you get the vibration when you force touch on an iPhone?
1: yeah it it like gives me about
0: the same vibration feedback and i'm someone who who hates any vibration like i have keyboard vibration turned off i have like my phone is essentially a brick and there are times where like i even turn off vibration on my phone because i just have it on my watch like if i get a (laughs) notification come through and i'm not wearing my watch i won't know about it okay um, (laughs) because it's one of those things where it makes having to switch off from my device really simple because I take my watch off and I'm sort of disconnected until I next look at my phone yeah Um, yeah and so like anytime my phone vibrates I'm like oh god why'd it do that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah now I'm the same I mean well like with the watch I don't have any sounds coming from it at all I just have a vibration on it and I like the tap that it gives it's great um but yeah um with the iPhone, I do have a lot of things turned off. And especially with Twitter as well, because they seem to be sending like random notifications of like, oh, some people have been tweeting this. They've been posted this. Here's what you missed. I'm like, I don't want that. at all. That, I just that's want to know. why
0: I've actually removed the standard Twitter app and I use Flamingo because it's, oh, okay. Twitter is so algorithmic that it's just yeah. crazy. So yeah. Fl- Flamingo is just like it's basically a Twitter stream of like in real time and that's it. And that mm-hmm. is precisely what I want. Oh, and notifications and messages, obviously, but like yeah. the core Twitter experience is just as it happens and that's it. And that is precisely yep. what I want. It is essentially TweetDeck for mobile.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I use TweetBot on the iPad, and it's just great. You can just scroll through, and on the right, you get your activity with like who's mentioned, who's liked, and whatever, and it's really great. And like you say, you just get the full Twitter experience. You don't get anything else. Whereas if you went on Twitter for iPad, it's such a a lot of wasted space and weird notifications that you're never going to read. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see that with Instagram, actually, but I can't see that happening anytime soon because Facebook, so.
0: Yeah, and actually one thing on the subject of notifications on Android, the notification, what are they called, categories, I believe, that mm, Android has yeah. brought out with Oreo and have updated with um, Android P. Um, I don't know what that's going to be called yet. I Probably Peppermint, I don't know. We, we had an episode discussing this. <laughs> oh, God, um, yeah. What's. what's I, I thought of
1: one. Uh, oh, I had one and I've totally forgotten. I we'll have to see. use my phone.
0: <laughs> the, um, the ability to sort of disable categories of notification as opposed mm. to all notifications outright is really good as well. Um, yeah. So for example, um, the Android messages app and WhatsApp, when you're connected via a web browser gives you a persistent notification, um, partially so that it stays awake in the background and partially so, you know, you're connected via computer because if mm. someone else was to come onto my computer and start snooping through my WhatsApp, it's probably worth knowing. Um, yeah. but, but you can disable notifications only for that though. So it just hides the persistent notification as opposed to all WhatsApp notifications, which is useless if I get a message.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah. There's a lot of work to do with the notifications on iOS. Um, I hope they kind of refine it because at end of the day, I'm not having final judgment on iOS 12. We're only in its second beta, really. And we've got a fair couple of months to go, really, until they refine it. And, you know, of course, they've got their own other version of iOS 12, which is just made for the new ios models that are coming in september so we're probably going to see some more improvements and features that we haven't even seen yet really so if we see some more notification work on that fantastic but i think we're probably going to see a lot more of that next year because this year is pretty much a a performance update more than anything
0: i guess we've been going for a solid hour and a half so yeah i think we should probably start wrapping it up um so so I guess my last question to you then is what is the, the one feature on whether it be, you know, the the iOS for those new iDevices? Um mm. first of all, actually before that what are they going to call them? Are they going to have like an iPhone nine, or have they just decided to ignore the number nine? Because then they're then that's a bit of a problem.
1: <laughs> I'd say what I've been thinking about this for a while, and and I think it it's the hint is at the iPhone ten name because I've believed since it came out that we are now the second chapter of iPhone. You know, the iPhone ten was the start of that; it's the introduction to it, and I think we've got to see that as the second generation iPhone, like overall. The last ten years has been the first gen in yep. you know, in many it's, small it's, steps.
0: It's iPhone season two.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so in September I think we're gonna see, you know, the iPhone ten second generation, the iPhone ten plus, because people like a, a bigger size phone, yep. and then kind of another iPhone ten style phone, but you know, it's gonna have the L C D and the no um like haptic engine or even four such perhaps. That one, I'm not sure what it's going to be called. Um, but
0: I reckon they are going to go back to their very well-known iPhone 10 XC. Because um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that worked out so well for them last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone uh, I, I, actually, anyone I know with a C phone, like with the iPhone 5C, everyone I knew of one was so resentful about having to have one yeah like, no, i remember that because i was a i was a teenager i'd have been when was that what four years ago i'd have been 16-ish 15 16 okay. in that age okay. in, in that age range right and so everyone who had it was like just my kids because parents would buy them because it was the cheapest iphone on the market at that point yeah. and so they were all so resentful for having to own an <laughs> iphone 5c <laughs>
1: yeah i i don't i really don't know what it could be called it could just be called iphone um <coughs> that could be one factor so you got the iphone iphone 10 second gen iphone 10 plus second gen and then that's it uh i i'd be amazed if they called it like the 11 or the 10 2 you know getting the final Fancy territory um i i doubt it <laughs> i really do but i think that's that's my best guess um but yeah they have been known to prove me wrong before
0: yeah they've been known to make very bizarre choices so we, yeah. we can't rule anything out um, no. for all we know they'll call it the iPhone 9 and then next year they'll call that one the iPhone 10 again but with like yeah. proper numbers as opposed to the X like no no yeah, this, yeah, is, this is the real iPhone 10 <laughs> yeah.
1: just forget that one from two years ago this is the one <laughs> this is the iPhone 10 um. yeah Yeah, the in the, in the name yeah <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. iPhone the 10. (laughs) iPhone the 10, yeah. (laughs) I can see that working well in (laughs) O2. Oh, wow.
0: So, uh, yeah, my original question was Mm -hmm. going to be, what is the, the software, I guess, feature that you most hope to see short of tidying up something that's already there, like notifications? Is there something that, you, you're like, oh, I can't wait for them to imp- implement this piece of software.
1: Mm. Uh, now the thing is, I feel with the software side with iPhone, we're about we're about there now. Um, it's really the hardware that we're, that we're kind of looking at improvements for, whether it's Face ID, better Face ID, and and things like that. When it's like emoji or Me Emoji, um, so I think it's there in the software side. A bit of low-hanging fruit to grab, and that's it. Whereas the iPad, I think it's the other way around. The hardware size, we are there now. It's reaching like MacBook levels of a couple of years ago now. If a new iPad came out this year, I wouldn't be tempted to upgrade because all it would probably gain is Face ID, and that's it. Whereas I'm not really ready to go to Face ID. I like the home button on the on the iPad. I just I just prefer it. Um, so I think the software side. There's a lot to go with the iPad, so what do I want to see on the iPad software side? Oh, there's there's a lot. I mean, I've said before that I want it to be separate from iOS. Now, I want there to be an iPad OS. Yep. I, I think that's going to be the best way to differentiate itself. Now, and really move it into a like a not just a pro market, but you know, it can open it, itself up to other apps that may not have had it access um before, like the Marzipan update, which is going to allow. You know, the same code base run on macOS and iOS. I think that's going to work for iPad next year, first of all, not iPhone. Um, So I think with that, what could it be? I think better multitasking support on the bigger device. Because with the 10.5 and the 12.9, you have the same software completely. The only difference you've got is it's the bigger resolution on the iPad. So I think if they had maybe instead of like a split screen multitasking... If they had maybe a three-pane one instead, yep. and then you could have like a better picture-in-picture support, so you can maybe like you know do the timeline instead, and maybe you know different like playlists you could use on the picture-in-picture mode in the rectangle in the corner. got three panes like maybe notes, Twitter, Safari. You know, the screen's big enough for, to handle that. That's fine. You know, you're gonna have a lot of screen space left, <laughs> and then that way you're just gonna be able to just. Go mad with productivity on the iPad, and then you know if they bring out the best keyboard support, I think you you just kind of laughing um but like i say there's there's a lot of fruit there to pick with the iPad, but that's probably one of the first ones i I'd hope like to see next year.
0: I will say the twelve point nine inch iPad pro is comically large not <laughs> not least because it's just a massive iPad, but because they still have like five by five app icons on the Mm. springboard Uh, every time i see it i just can't help but laugh a little
1: i'm just like (laughs) that screen is 90 percent empty space yeah yeah absolutely no i totally agree even on my 10.5 right now i just looking at it now i mean it it, it doesn't make sense you could have like some widgets there easily you could even do the force touch (laughs) side where you can have like certain widgets appear um yeah there's a lot of space there that could be used um but there are been rumors of the springboard um, being refreshed and they put it back because they want to do performance this year so we could see that next year happen um but yeah that, it's like you say it's it's very large and I, I have seen people like in in train commutes you know on like a tight you know sitting just looking at it <laughs> i'm just like that's not right but then again you know back in the day we saw people use massive broadsheets of the guardian the times and that was bigger than an mm. ipad so I, I don't think we're far off but um at the moment i'm i'm happy with a 10.5 but if you bring in those improvements to the 12.9 more i may be tempted we'll see
0: awesome so daryl um thank you for coming on it's been an yeah, absolute for pleasure me. Thank um you. it's been fun r- remind everyone where to go to check you out where all your stuff is
1: yeah, So I'm mainly on um, two social medias, really. Um, so it's the Twitter. So it's Daryl Baxter, um, all one word. That's all it is. Instagram's the same as well. Um, and of course, you can join them, you know, Outpost Show. Um, so the easiest way to find it is either on Twitter or just applepodcast.com slash the Outpost Show. And it'll take you straight to it. But it is available on other apps as well. Um, new episode is coming a week tomorrow with a great guest. Um, he's an Apple Pundit and we record tomorrow. So it's. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. It should be a good one.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Thank you. If you're listening to this live, you are done good. Congratulations. Um, if you want to listen to this Again, later, when it's... I, I, I've decided I'm going to r- rename the Snappy Tech Podcast RSS feed to, like, the Snappy Tech Podcast Remastered or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, if, if you want to listen to that, um, as always, go to snpy.tech slash podcast. Um, if you really enjoyed this and want to donate a cup of coffee, go to snpy.tech slash coffee. That link is on screen. Uh, show notes are, as always, in the show notes section as as they do (laughs) or in the description if you're watching this on youtube the audio version so if you're using an ios device go to snpy.tech slash itunes um if you want to go to daryl's website and you're obsessed with snappy tech links as opposed to proper urls you can go to snpy.tech slash daryl and i'll take you to his website so you can do that um we, we just links for days um snapchat is smpy.tech slash snapchat there's twitter there's facebook there's instagram just type in a random word and see where it takes you um,
1: <laughs> just just try um, a look yeah <laughs> you never know <laughs>
0: if, if it doesn't exist and you want it to exist mention me on twitter be like hey at g underscore chachanidze we want this link and i'll make My it space. happen.
1: Live oh journal. no
0: myspace st- <laughs> the fact that myspace still exists is hilarious to me yeah um, yeah <laughs> but yeah so you go do that um, and we will see you next sunday where we will know whether or not it has come home
1: bye <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>